What's going on, everyone? And welcome to the pregame presser with Alexander Plant and Sean McDonald. Sean, how's it going today, man? Been a great week. Hope everybody else out there is doing uh, phenomenal. Uh, and looking forward to this weekend as the um, the Tide gets ready to play. All right, and it is that time of week again. The Texas A&M Aggies are coming into Tuscaloosa to play the Alabama Crimson Tide. Today we're going to be breaking down both sides of the football for both teams, as well as introducing our new segment, the Pickums. So let's begin with the offense. Coming off what most say would be a rough week, the Texas A&M Aggies were able to beat the Vanderbilt Commodores last Saturday, 17-12. Kellen Mond, the starting quarterback for the Aggies, went 17 for 28, 189 yards and one touchdown pass. Now, that's not very productive, and I would say that the Texas A&M Aggies did not have a great day on this past Saturday, but... They did have three lost fumbles, which is quite unusual for a team. Yeah, you really wouldn't see that from a, a Jimbo Fisher-type squad. Usually he he uh, is able to control the ball and manage it well. He did it at Florida State and obviously trying to transfer that to, to uh, Aggieland in, um, in College Station. But, I mean, you would just not think that the score would be so low, 17-12, to 12, obviously, as you think as the bottom of the SEC being uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores. No knock on them, but, like, it's just how it is right now. And you would think they would score a lot more points. They averaged 29 points a game last year and definitely struggled on offense And when you thought uh, they should have been able to handle business pretty well in Aggieland. Yeah, I definitely don't think that those three uh, fumbles lost from this past week is going to correlate into this week. Seemed like those were a bunch of mental errors, but obviously with COVID and starting into this new season, all SEC play, there are going to be some mental errors. And Alabama saw a few of those mental errors in this past week versus Missouri. Uh, Nick Saban's defense and special teams had quite a few penalties that ended up extending the Missouri Tigers' drives and sometimes even pushing them into Alabama territory. Now, going back onto focus for the Alabama offense, what kind of challenges do you think Mac Jones is going to have this weekend versus Texas A&M? I think you'll see definitely, although that Missouri was an experienced type defense with Nick Bolton in the middle, I think you'll definitely see some more packages from the Aggies to maybe get some pressure on Mac Jones and force him to make some more contested throws. Uh, I still think the running game is still a huge key here for Alabama. I think you'll see Najee get around 20 to 25 carries and tr still trying to open up that play-action pass. But um, if Mac Jones – uh, does anything like he does last week, uh, I think the Tide, they can take care of business. But I definitely think that Jimbo Fisher will have something dialed up to get more pressure early on, maybe in first and second down, and maybe not wait until third down to pull that trigger on uh, on getting to the quarterback. You know, one thing that I'd like to correlate to Mac Jones' style of a play, we, we made it a common theme on this show to uh, compare him to a game manager like an A.J. McCarron. But I'd also like to compare him to even a Greg McElroy, maybe a more talented Greg McElroy. And one thing that was crucial in the defeat of Greg McRoy in the 2010 season when we were just coming off the national championship is uh, the team played South Carolina that year. And during that game, South Carolina sent a lot of blitz packages that was able to overwhelm Greg McElroy, which with a game manager style quarterback, they are not easily overwhelmed, but they are more likely to get overwhelmed whether rather than somebody that can make plays with their feet. See, Mac Jones, we know this is the first year of him being a true starter, having that role, but 
the man's been here for for three years now, and uh, I think he's up to the task. I mean, this will be his first, I believe, as besides being at the end of the year last year, the tough ma- first tough matchup of the 2020 season. A and M all a lot of reports around were the A and M could do flipping the script like LSU were. They had a lot of senior leadership coming back, and that offense is very experienced over there. I think uh, it'll be definitely a tough task, definitely tougher than uh, the Missouri game. But as long as the team can pick up on those blitz packages, I think overall that Saban and the Tide can overcome whatever Jimbo Fisher has dialed up and ultimately uh, be successful uh, this weekend. I, you know what? Look for a big game this week from the screen pass. I think with those blitz packages being dialed up by Jimbo Fisher – uh, we're going to see a lot of screens from Najee Harris and even some wide receiver screens to playmakers like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. Yeah, you could see some some formations like a Kiffin style, swinging it out to the outside, testing those corners very early. I look for us to definitely set up the play-action pass. That's going to be key, always running the football, establishing the run, doing everything you can to dominate the trenches, and then that opens up so much more deep post over the top. You saw what Waddle did last week, led the team in receiving, and I think that just correlates to this week, and they'll, uh, they'll try, to, try to keep the same motives and keep it going. Now let's get into the defense. Well, after last week, the Crimson Tide did not face much of a challenge with the Missouri Tigers defense, but... This week, we're going to see a lot more from the Texas A&M Aggies with senior quarterback Kellen Mond taking that leadership role. Sean, who do you think is going to provide the most security for the Crimson Tide defense this weekend? I'm definitely say for the most success for this defense this weekend, it's going to start the D-line. You're going to have to get pressure from guys like LeBron Ray and DJ Dale, and hopefully that they can contain Mond as much as possible. Mond did have or has had success over the last two matchups that we've had uh, rushing near 100 yards and over in some matchups. It's all about that the Nick Saban's supposed kryptonite as being a, a quarterback who has the ability to throw the ball down the field and also stretch and extend plays with his legs. So real main key is can the Tide get pressure on Kellamon early and often, early in first and second down, pressuring them to be back backed up third and long and I think LeBron Ray and DJ Dale will be a huge key this weekend and possibly Drew Sanders and Will Anderson coming off the edge on certain butch packages. Man, my impact player for this week is going to have to be Christian Harris. Last week, he looked absolutely phenomenal coming off the edge, setting that in the backfield. He was able to get a lot of penetration on outside tackles. I definitely think him being able to blitz on the outside as well as just shoot right up the middle is going to provide this Alabama defense with a lot of versatility when it comes to a Pete Golding blitz package itself. Um, uh, look for uh, Dylan Moses to have a huge impact on how we are able to spy on Kellen Mond. I think there's going to be a lot of cover one, cover two type situations. We have two safeties over the top, man-to-man coverage on the receivers, and then have uh, Dylan Moses sitting there as a spy watching Kellen Mond, making sure he can't get outside the pocket. Yeah, it, it, this will definitely show how much this team's come through all these workouts and practices uh, getting ready for this season. You finally have your signal caller back. We saw how effective it was last week. It was like Christian Harris, although very talented last year, had to split time with Shane Lee calling the plays, and you could just tell how much Dylan Moses meant to that defense. Christian Harris was flying all over the football 
and ready to go in any situation that he needed to be. You could tell the defense was definitely more calm out there and definitely had a lot of poise when it comes to third down situations early on in that first half. And I think it extends into this uh, this weekend's matchup versus the Aggies. Uh, Dylan Moses in that middle role. Maybe he won't be the so prototypical, as you say, spy on him. I think that he'll he'll be calling most of the defense. Maybe you might see certain packages where where it might be a mix of Christian Harris or or maybe other a young a young linebacker. I don't I see us necessarily taking the role as putting Dylan Moses in that spy role because I believe he's so valuable in coverage and flying to the football. But I believe there were definitely Saban will have something where there will be some sort of spy. Maybe sometimes that Jack position is Will Anderson or Drew Sanders dropping back just a little bit and uh, maybe being hidden on that defensive line for coverage and uh, trying to contain Kellen Mond and his uh, feet as much as possible. Well, I will tell you one thing that I've observed when talking about this Alabama linebacking core is that you can definitely tell the talent has returned. Because like you mentioned, Christian Harris had to share a lot of playing time last year with Shane Lee, who has now returned to a third-string role in that linebacking core, which goes to show just how much talent was absent due to injury and uh, due to rec- like a gap in recruiting and players leaving for the NFL draft. Now we're going to move into the special teams. Sean, what's your take for the special teams this week? So last week, the hot take, it looked like it, it paid off. Uh, Will Reichert, he was uh, perfect on his extra points and also hit a 34-yard field goal. But my main thing this week is I revert to hopefully the Tide continuing to be successful in the field goal game. I think you see a big game from Jalen Waddell in the punt return uh, and also kick return with yardage-wise. Maybe not taking one back to the house, but definitely I see him flipping field position and maybe getting a couple 30, 35-yard returns maybe on punt or in kickoff. Giving the Tide good field position, open out in front, and just giving that offense a little breathing room overall. Well, I'm going to go with two hot takes, including the very first, plant guarantee. You can guarantee it. Put it in the books. Will Reichard will make all of his field goals and extra points again this week, two weeks in a row. But the key thing that I think we're going to see is I think we're going to see an Alabama Crimson Tide blocked punt. I think Nick Saban is always aggressive against his former assistants and that we're going to see him try to get after the football on special teams. I definitely think if we – I definitely think if Nick Saban can get the Aggies pinned back deep in their own territory, that he's going to try to press for a blocked punt. Maybe some trickeration out there, too. We'll see. I, I don't know if we go that far. I wouldn't call Nick Saban the Mad Hatter like Les Miles was for LSU. But, anyways, continuing into our next segment, the Pickums. So going into the Pickums, let's explain what we're about to do here. Although gambling is not legal in the state of Alabama, this is going out to our out-of-state listeners who have states that have legal gambling allowed. Uh, what we're going to do is we have a slate of five games here. We're going to go down through each game, give the spread for each game, and give the over-under, and we're going to give you our takes. So to begin, this is all credit to Barstool Sportsbook. First, we're going to go with the Texas A&M Aggies at the Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. Alabama is a 17.5-point favorite, and the over-under is 52.5. Sean, let's hear your pick. So, I got Alabama winning, but I do not think they will cover this weekend. I think you see just a little bit more, a little bit of less 
of a 17 and a half points. I think Alabama, the Tide, wins around 16 points overall. I think it's going to be a, a game that's like 36 to 20, 20-ish range. Uh, but the over will hit, and will hit over 52 points at a total of 56. So that's what I got for this week uh, with Alabama and the Texas A&M Aggies. There it is. Hey, man, you always hit the over. Why? Because life's too short to bet the under. There it is. You heard it here. And for my pick in this game, I've got Alabama punching that spread. I think they're going to win by 20-plus points. Like I said earlier, Nick Saban is extremely aggressive against his assistants. I definitely don't think he's going to let this one versus Jimbo Fisher slip away. I think that Alabama wins 44-20, to 20, and I think that over. You can punch it, baby. You got my guarantee. Going into the next game, we've got the Auburn Tigers versus the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. Georgia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is 45. So, Sean, let's hear your pick. No, it's going to pain a lot of people in the city of Tuscaloosa and the state of Alabama for me to say this, but I've got the Auburn Tigers winning this weekend. I know it's a very tough sight. Outright. Yeah, and I do think they cover outright. Georgia's favored by six and a half. I think Auburn wins outright, and I think the final score will be around, I believe, 27 to 24 as as, uh, the Tigers win by a field goal there in Athens. Wow. Hey, you know, I, I can honestly believe that with that over-under being 45. I think that both teams are a little sloppy with the football in the first half. Maybe we see a pick six. And for my pick in this game, I think I've got Georgia winning. But I've got Auburn plus six and a half. I definitely think that you can punch the over on this one. I think this is going to be a very close game. I've got 28 to 27. Like I said, Auburn plus six and a half. But... Georgia coming off of a five-point first half versus Arkansas is going to come back with vengeance. Kirby Smart has got a lot of pride in this team. I think they're going to score a lot of points in the first half and have to do a lot of game managing in the second half. But I've got Georgia, final score, 28 versus Auburn, 27. And JT Daniels will be picking up his first SEC win if he wins that this weekend. Most definitely. The uh, transfer quarterback from USC will be getting his first start this weekend. Next on the slate, we've got Memphis coming in to Dallas at SMU. We've got Memphis as a minus two favorite, and we've got the over-under at a whopping 74 and a half. No defense out there in the American. Yeah, I guess so. Sean, what's your pick? Uh, All right, so I'm going to take Memphis here. They're 1-0 on the season, but they've had some COVID problems as of late, so they should be well rested up, good to go. Obviously, with this COVID season, fans shouldn't be too much of a – of a factor there in Dallas for SMU. Uh, I got Memphis uh, winning and covering the spread of two points. Uh, I think it's going to be a barn burner out there um, in Dallas uh, with the final score being, I got the final score being the Memphis Tigers 58, the SMU Mustangs 51. You know what? I got a hot take here. Even though this isn't a large spread, I've got SMU beating Memphis by a lot. However, I do want to tell you guys, this is the plant guarantee. This game will not be going over 74.5 points. SMU is going to run the football all day long on this Memphis team. Memphis has a good pass rush, but they are not equipped to stop the run. I've got SMU winning 34 to Memphis's 17. Punch it. 
And next on the slate, we've got Oklahoma coming into Iowa State. Oklahoma is a seven-point favorite coming off that loss to Kansas State last week. Huge upset there. That's a tough one. The ups or the over/under is sixty-three and a half. I'd love to hear your pick on this one, Sean. Well, with after that disappointing loss last week, as everyone out there and on Twitter thought that Spencer Rattler was the Spencer Rattler show was about to show up in Norman, but this week they traveled to Cyclone Country. I've got them ultimately bouncing back. I think they will cover the spread. It's going to be a high-scoring game, obviously. You know, I think the over is going to hit. Hey, it's the Big 12, man. Yeah. It's always the over. Hey, there's no defense played out there in the Big 12. And I ultimately think that Oklahoma takes care of business and gets back on track. And Lincoln Riley and the boys, they end up winning 45-28 to 28 against the Iowa State Cyclones. You know what? This is my upset of the week. Iowa State is going to come out and beat the Oklahoma Sooners. Last week in the second half, Oklahoma playing Kansas State, what you really saw out there was a lack of leadership. Obviously, you have a young quarterback in Spencer Rattler, but Lincoln Riley does not have that kind of mentality to take over a defense. He's very offensive-minded. I definitely think that Oklahoma comes into Iowa State, gets in trouble early, and just and they can't get out of it, honestly. But I, even though I did say it's the Big 12 and it's always the over, this game is the under. Iowa State does not put up a lot of points, and if they're going to get this win, they've got to play great defense. So I've got Iowa State outright winning 24-22 to versus Oklahoma. And last but certainly not least on this slate, we've got TCU coming into Austin, Texas to play the Texas Longhorns. Texas is a 12-point favorite, and the over-under is 63. Sean, let's hear your pick. No horns down this week. I got the Texas Longhorns finishing and taking care of business versus the uh, TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, Texas goes in there. I, I think Ellinger builds off that win against Texas Tech last week. He looked sharp. Definitely in that comeback was a huge momentum boost. I think they take that straight into this week. Texas handles business big. I got them winning 48 to 17 and a huge win projecting them and moving them up in the Big 12 standings. And you got them barely covering the spread there by two points. I think TCU, I think they struggle on offense this week, man. Uh, I just think that Texas is ready and they're going to boost off this this momentum and, and ride this until they ultimately meet up against Oklahoma. You know what? I think I definitely agree with you here. One thing that you know no one really talks about about this Texas team you know, Tom Herman's job is not on the line, but he always seems to be on the hot seat. Every single year you've got the quote-unquote Texas is back. But I think that this team this year has got Tom Herman's back. You're going to see a lot of uncharacteristic Big 12 defense. However, I think that Texas's offense puts up another zinger like last week, and they trounce the Horned Frogs 53 to 18 count it now that that's over we'd like to thank you for tuning in to the pregame presser with alexander plant and sean mcdonald see you next time mm -hmm.